Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show brought to you by gtex.org.uk. My name is Simone Vincenzi, and I'm your host, and this is the podcast for experts who want to grow their businesses while making an impact and making a difference in the world. Um, we're live a few times a week. We are releasing episodes a few times a week. Sometimes it's a solo episode where I share some of the behind the scenes what's happening in GTEx and what's working right now. Sometimes we give you a case study or a particular client results to see how they actually achieve those results. And other times, like today, we have an incredible guest talking about, in this case, publicity and how to scale your brand to publicity and influence. So that's going to be the topic of the day. But before I introduce our special guest today, I wanted to remind you about our expert business checklist. Uh, so if you are a bit confused in your expert business about what to do, what to prioritize, it feels there is never enough hours in the day <laughs> and, uh, and you don't know what to go, what products to launch, how to launch them, uh, where to spend your time in your business, then this checklist is a godsend, is actually what you're looking for. Because uh, we have created an assessment where you can go through it, answer all the questions, tick all the boxes that you have and the things that you don't, and then it will give you a personalized assessment of where you are and what you should focus on in your business. Because at every stage, there are different things that you should be focusing on. What you focus on when you're starting out is different from what you're focusing on when you're running your business after 10 years. So that's why the expert business checklist is been, has been created. So make sure you scroll down in the show notes, get your copy right now and download it. It is absolutely free. Also, maybe if you're coming back and this is the second or third time you're listening to the show, you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you subscribe to the show. And if it's your first time that you're listening well or watching, welcome. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy the ride. Enough is enough <laughs> for me. It's time to introduce our guest expert of the day. Um, her name is Esther Kiss, is the founder of Born to Influence, a boutique publicity firm specializing in helping experts and personal brand to get more credibility, leads, and sales. Her clients have been featured on TV, newspapers, magazine, and some of the top podcasts in the world, resulting in millions of dollars in additional sales. And she had a lot of high-profile clients. We're going to talk about them in a, min in a minute. Uh, we're going to discuss in this interview uh, how to choose what type of media to go after, how to share your message. Uh, so that your interviews actually convert and also how to create a winning publicity campaign for your book launch if you have a book launch. So you can't miss this one. Stay glued until the very end. Having said that, please welcome with scaling your personal brand to publicity and influence the one and only Esther Kiss. Welcome, Esther. Thank you so much for having me, Simone. Excited to be here. Uh, that, that, that's brilliant. So publicity. How the heck did you get uh, into this uh, crazy word? <laughs> 
Your curiosity. <laughs> so um, my background is in marketing for the last 20 years. And back in 2013, so about eight years ago now, I wanted to get involved in the online marketing expert coach thought leader space, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew that these are the guys that I want to hang out with. And so I wanted to develop relationships with the high level players, with people who already had very successful businesses, multiple New York Times bestselling books and so on. And I thought, well, I don't know what I will be doing for them, but I know that I need to develop these relationships. And so I had one day this brilliant idea to start a podcast with a friend of mine. Uh, and so we started creating this show called Born to Influence, the marketing show where we would interview experts who are really at the top of their game. And every time we did an interview at the end once we stopped the recording I would ask them that hey I know you have this book coming out or you have this event would you like to be on other shows as well because I knew that you know they will enjoy that and I just did it purely to help out and to invest in those relationships completely for free and they were always very happy I started booking them word got out and then one of my clients came to me and he's like hey I have this guy who's a best-selling author can you go help him get on some shows and I'm like yeah sure and he's like yeah but this time you have to charge for it. <laughs> so I, I went to Google and <laughs> figured out what does the publicist charge and <laughs> build the offers from there. And it's become this full-blown publicity agency now where we do bookings for experts, both in traditional media, TV, radio, newspapers, magazines, a lot of the business publications like Forbes, Inc., Entrepreneur, and then also a lot of podcasts, YouTube shows, Facebook Live interviews. It just depends on what makes sense for that particular person's goals and their personality. I'm curious because uh, uh, your story is fascinating on how the business started because one of your friends forced you to charge <laughs> a service. I know you got to charge right now for this. Yeah. Um, was that a particular, in, you know, with all the projects that you do, uh, I can think about projects I've done in my business. There are some that really stood out, mm -hmm. in particular, some that I did with some big influencers, like I did an event with Gary Vee, I did an event with Les Brown, and uh, another one with Jarek Robbins. These were some of the highlights of my mm -hmm. career as a speaker. Just being mm -hmm. there, sharing the stage with them is like something that sometimes I've still to pinch myself. Yeah. And is there like a particular project that you have worked on that has a special place in your heart? Definitely. I, well, Gary Vaynerchuk would be a great example. I got to work on his last book launch, but also I, I really enjoy working with people who have a really strong track record in their business. They have a good online component. They have a well-converting offer, but they haven't done much publicity before, or perhaps not any. So an example would be Ryan Levesque, who I did the publicity for both of his book launches for Ask and Choose. And prior to that, he'd done media, but like years and years before it for his agency business. And, you know, he developed this method called the survey funnel formula. He has sold over $100 million worth of products and services before he wrote the book. And to me, that was really attractive. Well, not that everybody has to be at that level, but like truly speaking from experience and working with someone who really knows what they're talking about, as opposed to, you know, I took a course and now I'm teaching it, which yeah. happens a lot in this industry. You know, like he, he was really, really solid. And, and for him to help him build his brand and get him in all these different podcasts and media outlets, I, that's really very special to me to this day. Both, both of those campaigns are really close to my heart. Ah, that's, thank you for sharing. And yeah. Um, 
you know, sometimes uh, I also want to explore sometimes like the other side. Mm -hmm. Is there a particular campaign or something that, uh, you know, went really wrong and you managed to turn the situation around? Uh, like you, you really had to work to make that sometimes there are some things that you do and all the odds are against you. And yeah. you're managing to turn it. Do you have something in mind? Rhonda? Yeah, well, I try to screen my clients so that I can be confident because with publicity, it's not like, it's not really where you can give guarantees, right? Because mm -hmm. we don't own these media outlets. We can make them feature <laughs> these people. So I try to only take on clients who I know that we can get um, bookings for. But there have been a couple of occasions where I took on clients who I absolutely had great rapport with. We had a fantastic uh friendly relationship and then some things were very difficult as an example one of them had purchased um publicity before pay to play you know where they would pay to be in certain publications or chatter tv that made it really difficult to get them featured on real tv you know in, in real traditional media because these producers once they find out that you did pay to play before they're really hesitant with booking that guest because there is a huge difference between earned media and paid media and yes. we managed to get those bookings eventually you know we talked them into it and, and he this, this guy was really a true expert so there was no question about his credibility it's just that some of the placements that he had prior to working with us made it difficult to getting some of those bookings. Uh, this leads me to a question, which is, uh, you know, some people have mixed feelings about pay to play. Mm -hmm. Is it good? Is it not? Does it depend on like situations? What are your well, what are the views on that? I'm very strongly against pay to play when it comes to tricking the audience, because a lot of people do that, right? Mm -hmm. So if you want to do paid media, I would say stick to your Facebook ads, your YouTube ads, Google ads, whatever you're doing, where it actually shows that it's an advertisement. Like you're not trying to pretend that it's an interview based on earned media, or even if it's an editorial in a magazine or in a newspaper, at the top, it has to say that it's an editorial. That's just a law. Yeah. And a lot of people tend to try to buy their way into it, particularly when it comes to publications like you know, Forbes or Inc. or even the Huffington Post. There are these columnists who are not staff writers, they're not hired by the magazine, they're contributing and truly investing their time into it. And so they have very strict terms for the publication and what they can and cannot write about. Mm -hmm. But some of these Right, quote unquote writers, like they're not professional writers, but they're doing it, you know, to to build their personal brand. Sometimes they quote unquote sell their spots, right? So they might charge the person 10 grand to be featured in an article. The minute they get found out, which they will, that column gets taken down. Now you're out of money and you have nothing to show for it. So mm. I'm completely against that type of pay to play. If you want to pay for something, then, then disclose that it's an ad. But, but that said, using paid media can be very useful in combination with publicity when you do it the right way. So as an example, if you have TV clips and you want to run it as a video views ads and your retargeting campaign or uh, put your podcast interviews or your magazine articles in your onboarding sequence in your emails, share it on social media and run ads to that, that will earn you a lot of brownie points with those producers and editors too because they want more eyeballs on their publications and on their channels. And at the same time, you're actually building your credibility with your audience. It tends to uh, shorten the sales cycle and it drops your client acquisition cost as much by as much as 90% because it becomes, you build trust. It becomes trust. a win-win for exactly. the publications exactly. and for you. 
And I can, I don't know why I asked you about the question of uh, the, the pay to play, because that's a game that uh, I've played and mm -hmm. sometimes I play. And I'm really, and I was curious to hear your point of view and I can absolutely agree with you. Because uh, uh, for some of you that know, there is uh, something called the Forbes Coaches Council, which probably mm -hmm. is what you were referring in uh, uh, in what you were saying before, where you can actually is an application only platform where you can apply to have a contributor spot. Mm -hmm. And I used to be one of the contributor of the Forbes Coaches Council. Mm -hmm. And I, I was approached left, right and center from people. Can you feature me? I'll pay you this. How much money? And I'll always turn down every single opportunity yeah. because it was in breach of my contract. Though, though, my contributor account got shut down on the first Coaches Council because I started teaching media and publicity. Mm -hmm. And that also was against the terms and conditions of the Ford's Coaches Council. Mm -hmm. So when they found out, and I didn't know, I haven't read the thing, like it was pure ignorance there. Yeah. But I lost uh, three years of article on Forbes. I've lost everything because they closed my contributor account. They shut down everything. Mm -hmm. And that because I was in breach of contract. So you need to be aware that in this platform, even if you are paying to contribute, the moment you do something against the terms and condition and so on, they can shut your account and there is no track record yeah. of what yeah. you've done. Well, if there is someone else like a publicist or a journalist or an editor that features you, is always going to be there. And that's yeah, exactly. The, the, the bigger difference. Um, so uh, it, it, great, great conversation. Sometimes like it still hurts when I talk about this because I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't know that this happened. But you know, what? It, it can be very painful because like think about every single article that you've put that we've written prior to this article be, or this column being taken down. You share those links in a million different places. And oh. now you try to track that because all of those links are broken. <laughs> because also, as you mentioned, I was putting them in my email sequence. Yeah. And so when someone yeah, uses my article on Forbes, this is my next article on Forbes, yeah. and I had about like 15, 20. And this is my next article on Forbes, this is my next one. And so the emails of people that I was receiving, hey, I cannot find the article, I cannot yeah. find the article. I found, I, I'm with you. It's, now, it's embarrassing <laughs> and it, and it's uh, annoying too to deal with. You know what though? It's what what you can do. Like not only for for this type. Like ideally, you don't get into this situation. But in general, sometimes articles get taken down for whatever reasons. You know, like they could be it's not timely. They are redoing the website, whatever. Uh, there is a Chrome extension, and I'm trying to think. Of, I, I'll look up the name of it for you. But it basically it lets you take a screenshot of the entire page. Ah, uh, yes, yes and, yes. and you can save it as a PNG file, so as an image file or as a PDF. And that way you can always have proof that that article actually was real. It was on the website. And not only for proof, but also sometimes logistically, it's just easier to deal with an image file or a PDF file of your own rather than linking in something onto another website that may be updated in, yeah, you know, in the a, coming months or years. Tip. That's such mm -hmm. a good tip. And I have one, uh, which I'm looking at my Chrome extension right now. It's called the easing screenshot. Oh, okay. Uh, and there are a few, but if you type like on Google Chrome extension screenshots, there are mm -hmm. a few of these. The one I use yeah. is easy screenshots. If I knew it before, I would have screenshotted those pages. But hey, oh, the past is the past. The future is the future. We move That's on. That's right. And, and the, question, <laughs> the next question that I have for you is, now, if someone needs to understand what types of media to go after, 
So how do you choose the right media if you are doing, for example, if you're looking for a certain kind of publicity, maybe it's for a book, maybe it's mm-hmm. uh, for, for yourself, for your personal brand. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? So a couple of things that you need to keep in mind is, first of all, what are your goals with your publicity campaign? If it's, for example, for a book launch, you got to know that you need to prepare and start pitching yourself at least three to four months before the book comes out if you want to ramp up pre-sales, especially with a popular podcast. They are booked out several months in advance. So if you pitch yourself today and they immediately get back to you and say, yes, it will still be four months from now by the time the interview comes out. So allowing for enough lead time is really important. Another thing is, have you done any publicity before? Do you have the credibility from having those media logos on your website, SC, NON, ABC, NBC, Fox, you know, Forbes, Inc, Entrepreneur, like all those things, do you have those or not? If you do not, and, and you want to have that up-leveled credibility, then it makes sense to go after some traditional media. If you have a niche offer, like for example, you're teaching how to do Facebook ads or something that's not really interesting to the general public, you may be better off doing podcasts or generally online media, uh, but particularly podcasts that are much smaller audiences, but they're really, really niched. So if you're looking to get clients and customers, and that's your really your ultimate goal with your publicity campaign, then go after podcasts. And most people actually want a little bit of both. So they will put some emphasis and some time and effort into pitching themselves for traditional media and a lot for online media. And that way you get the best of both worlds. You get the credibility, you get those glossy pieces of content. And at the same time, you also get exposure in front of really relevant audiences who can buy from you. Uh, what would you say to people that ask you, you know, like, am, am I going to get clients if I get mm-hmm. featured on this publication? Because I, How do I know how long it's a piece of strategy. How do you respond to that question? So generally speaking, yes. Uh, there are a couple of caveats to that. One is the message to market fit, right? It has to be the right audience. Secondly, how are you presenting your message? Like two minutes on TV is really different than an hour on a podcast, right? So you got to be able to present yourself in a way that fits that media format that you're going after and have the right kind of hook to get them to want to learn more. So as an example, if you have a book, you do a TV interview, they will show the book on screen, right? They're not gonna direct people to a landing page for a webinar. So you gotta play, you know, what makes sense for that particular media. If you're doing podcasts, most likely you will be really well up with an assessment like what you have for for your company, or you might have a cheat sheet or a downloadable checklist or something along those lines where you consider that they've just spent a half an hour listening to you or an hour even. Now you wanna give them something that they can grab that's not, conveyable easily in an audio format, because then you might as well have just talked about it on the podcast, right? So you want to do a quiz or an assessment or a cheat sheet or something that they can quickly download and get them on your email list and then take them through your sales process from there. So depending on the media, that's how you then direct people to the next step. So for example, if you're doing a book, as you mentioned, they will show the book on TV. Mm -hmm. That's how people are going to buy the book. Mm-hmm. If uh, you are promoting something on a podcast, then make sure that you give them a link because then people can, for example, scroll down. If you think about right now, you might be listening or watching. You're going to go in the comment section and that's where you can find all the links. So make sure that yeah. also your links are prepared for the media that 
you're going there. Because also when you're on TV, you cannot say, hey, you can find me at HTTP yeah. forward slash Simone forward slash, like, you cannot do that. <laughs> no, it's like TV is very fast paced. And also they don't really like talking head interviews where it's really, really just a host and you're talking. If you can make it visual, like for example, if you're in the health space, you're teaching people about weight loss or something like that, you might do a cooking demonstration or you might do some exercises that you show. If your expertise is not that visual, you might recommend the producers some YouTube videos that they can use as B-roll or take your talking points and have them prepare a bullet point list that they can put as b-roll on the thing so it's not just you and the host talking to make it visually interesting and then at the same time what another thing that that is important is how do you pitch where people can learn more right so particularly with podcasts typically podcasters are not trained journalists they, they have not gone to broadcasting school which is fine it still works <laughs> but you as a guest it's your job to be really compelling and share your content in a way that people will want to learn more from you. And that means based on the podcaster's personality, they might ask you more the how-to type of questions, like give us exactly the steps and the nitty gritty, or they might ask about stories, like tell me an example about what happened here or there. You as the guest want to combine two, right? We want, to, we want to combine both. So when they ask you, how do you do this? Well, here are the three steps. By the way, this is how we did it exactly with this client, or this is how I came to discover it. And you share it through a story. If they ask you for an example of a story, you give them the story and then you say, and your takeaway from here is one, two, three, mm -hmm. right? And then that way you're hooking people in with the story and at the same time, giving them actionable advice. You don't want it just to be, intellectual entertainment which is great but then there is no next step for them to take so story depending on what the format is either mm -hmm. if they ask you hey can you give us an example or a story you start with the story and mm -hmm. then you wrap up with a key lesson and key takeaway mm -hmm. or if they ask you like an open question or what do you think about x you start with a takeaway and then you justify it and expand it with a story correct so yeah you can use both uh, that's really interesting because now that's how then at the end, like you, you make sure that your message then is given in a way that converts. In mm -hmm. this type of topic, is there any other piece of advice that uh, you think should be important to mention on Definitely. action and conversion? So make sure that you seed your content throughout. So you might have a freebie that you want to promote at the end, particularly with online interviews where they actually expect you have to have something. But even as you're sharing, you have a little bit more room. So talk about, by the way, these are the you know, five steps that you need to take to, you know, to write a compelling pitch, for example, in my case for media interviews. And there is a lot more information on my website. I have blog posts about it or videos, or like you don't give specific links to freebies that they can download, but you can reference a little bit or I have a great Facebook community you know you can go there and and connect with like-minded people and I do free trainings like things like that where you can seed your content so they kind of have a feeling of I'm missing out if I'm not doing this mm, so it doesn't have to be that the call to action happens straight at the end it well that's be, that's needed but that's then needed, but it can be also so you have a call to action which is where mm -hmm. you direct people particularly in podcast but then if you have some resources or places where you want to direct people, you can weave them into the conversation in a relevant mm -hmm. point. For yeah. example, I, I was running this topic in my Facebook community last day, and this is what That's we right. discussed. So 
it becomes like a very almost like a seamless way where mm-hmm. you are not saying hey by the way join my facebook community but that's actually what you're saying <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And you know, I, I've developed this whole process. It's called building your intentional media message content. Here I am MC. And this is literally what we do the very, very first session with every one of my clients. It's like two hours where we go through all of these things, because I want them to share their message in a way that really lands with that audience. And it's so easy. It's, it can be very deceiving. It can be so tricky when you do a podcast interview and you have great rapport with the host and you guys are joking and having a lot of fun and then you didn't see no results. Well, this is why, because you were not intentional with what exactly you will be bringing up that will make people want to learn more. That's awesome. So now I want to, I want to move on to the last question I have for you today. Yeah which is uh, around uh, creating a publicity campaign. So, so mm-hmm. far we talked about, you know, what type of media to choose. Uh, we talked about how do you share your message? So then there is a, like a call to action and actually the interview converts. And then the last point is, let's say I want to run uh, to launch a book. And mm-hmm. uh, I have an upcoming book. I know a lot of our listeners, either they are already authors or they, have a, or they are writing a book. So they're already thinking about book launches. Mm-hmm. or they have a book in them and one day they will want to write it <laughs> and yeah I, fear you know that happens a lot, yeah, happens a lot. <laughs> that, that might be me too <laughs> <laughs> now we're waiting for your book as well <laughs> so how do you create a, like a publicity campaign that actually gives you the result gives you result what are the yeah answers? So a couple of things we already touched on. One is the lead time. Make sure that you allow for enough time, particularly if you're looking to hit a bestseller list, you will want to have enough pre-orders for your book. So you would have a pre-sale page or a, you know, a, a page on your website where people can pre-order as well as an Amazon page. Because again, with traditional media, they're not going to direct people to your landing page. They will tell you that you can pre-order it on Amazon, right? Yeah. So you want to have both lead time. Uh, figuring out what can I offer that is not in the book that will want people to uh, take the next step beyond the book to get you with your, you know, get with you regarding your coaching programs or your events or software or whatever you're selling behind the book. So this is really important to have those kinds of content upgrades that you're referencing in the book and then make that as an attractive thing while you're promoting the book as part of your publicity campaign. So for example, if I were to do a podcast interview and I'm promoting this book, hey, by the way, we can give away 10 copies to your audience free of charge completely not even free plus shipping just really free or give them the first chapter or the audiobook version is downloadable and they can get it with this coupon code or here is a meditation that you can get and download from my website like things like that that normally would not be available to the general public for free you can combine them and incentivize them so that they want to buy now or pre-order now even though they're not going to have the book for a while and then the third one is make sure that you're uh, amplifying your publicity interviews with either paid advertising or at the very minimum to share it through your social media and emails. This is how you will get that repetition in people's minds where they are seeing you everywhere and they are they are like, oh yeah, I, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to order that book. But if you're not that reminding them, <laughs> it's not going to hit the, the timeline that you're looking for to get the pre-orders where you hit that bestseller list, right? So depending how long you should be, depending on your size of your platform and what kind of um, 
bestseller list you want to hit, whether it's the New York Times or, or just, an, just an Amazon category, you might want to have at least three to four months. That would be the bare minimum. Typically, six months to a year is where you really are giving yourself enough room to work with everybody's schedule so that, you know, if, if somebody wants to feature in their column, but they are doing a specific series of interviews on a topic that's not falling into your different expertise, they can't shoehorn you in, right? Mm -hmm. But you want to have the ability to come back on that or come on that show later on, or even in mainstream media, the same kind of thing. So you did, you want to connect it where it makes sense for their audience as well as for yours. Which is really interesting compared to a lot of people that are here and when they plan their book launches or the book campaigns is three days or a week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking about minimum four, ideally four to six months. Yeah. If you can a year in the 12 months, then you can really have a solid launch, mm -hmm. a solid campaign where you are consistently talking about your book and linking pieces of content to your book. Because also the fact that let's say you will land a major TV appearance, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean necessarily mean that your audience that may be subscribed to your email list mm -hmm. is going to watch it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. like if someone is like me that I don't like, I go on television only when I'm featured, <laughs> but I don't uh -huh. watch television. <laughs> I'm one yeah, of these weird, yeah. right? And I, I might miss a great interview that you do, but if I'm subscribed to your newsletter and then you tell me, hey, I did this great interview uh, on CNN uh, mm -hmm. on, and we talked about uh, this topic. And by the way, here is my book, uh, which is linked to this topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, okay. I can yeah. not only catch the interview, still have more authorities to my eyes, but also mm -hmm. can pre-order the book. Exactly. And this is the kind of thing to like, you, you mentioned CNN here. If you want to be on a really big outlet, national TV shows or international media outlets, TV producers are not in a position to bring you on as a guest if you don't have live TV experience already. So especially if you have never done TV before, you want to definitely allow for enough lead time so that you can start in your local market. And that's something where it's small. It's a good place to practice. And by local, I mean anything that is driving distance. So it could be within a couple of hours from your city, right? Like as an example, when I lived in LA, LA is the second biggest TV market in the country. New York is the first one, right? So it's very, very competitive. So I started in Palm Springs, which is about a two and a half hour drive. Not, not that far. Mm -hmm. San Diego. I got a few clips in and then I pitched for LA and I got all of them but you you gotta kind of like build your your way up with traditional media and then you can go for the national shows that's a very that's a very great point and also you want to be ready now yeah you know, if, uh, if <laughs> you don't want to practice if you, up, uh, if you screw up uh, in a small tv station you know, it still sucks but yeah you can get over that much quicker yeah, if you go exactly. on a, a TV show where you have millions, uh, tens of millions, sometimes hundreds of millions of people watching you and you bomb, uh, yeah. that's going to be hard as well to recover uh, from yeah. there. So uh, it, it, there is a, as much to be said about building your muscles because mm -hmm. I remember like I've done, uh, fortunately I've done some like a smaller TV appearances here in the UK, smaller ones. But my first TV appearance actually in Italy was for the largest news channel uh, in Italy, which was- A lot of pressure. <laughs> so I, and it was the first time, because I'm used to speaking English. 
about my topic. Yeah. So now, because I'm so used to speak about business in English, even if I'm Italian, I'm thinking in English and translating it in yeah. Italian. Yeah. So I looked at the interview, when I looked back at the interview and that was incredible, I don't know that happened. It was like 15 minutes at 6 p.m. in the evening. Mm-hmm talking about uh, Brexit because they were looking for an Italian, I'm an Italian entrepreneur living in London at the time mm-hmm. of Brexit. So it was a perfect fit Yeah. on how the situation was affecting Italian entrepreneurs. And although I became like the hero of my family, like my grandma watched it yeah. on TV, it's like, oh my God, my son is, my <laughs> grandson is there on TV. And so I looked back at it and I found the interview being so clunky because I didn't have experience delivering that material in Italian yeah. on TV. Yeah. And when I look back, even if other for the standards that I have, it wasn't a good interview compared to mm. another one that I could have given in English. Yeah. And I yeah. wish I had, could have a bit more practice. I mean, I'm not saying anything. I'm not, thank you. I got it. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah. But that goes the importance of practicing your material, knowing your material and becoming comfortable in absolutely back and forth that happened with a host yeah and and this is another thing too that typically unless it's a political show they don't want to butt heads with the guests they really want to make it so that it's a good experience for everybody and usually you will they will ask for your talking points ahead of time and sometimes i've had this where they actually give you the questions like right on the spot these are the exact questions that they can ask you but with even with all of that preparation there is still the possibility that something just comes up in in the in the interviewer's uh, head as a, as a oh by the way what do you think about this and you gotta be able to answer on that because they they have 15 more seconds and they gotta move on to the commercial right so you gotta work in that timeline and and, and that takes practice it ca- takes the experience of speaking in sound bites takes a little bit of media training so the more you can practice the better off you will be when you do it live and that's i think also why podcasts are great or short radio interviews that you're doing because even if you think that no one is listening that might be the preparation that you need to really stand out from the crowd when you're now getting on major tv station or major mm-hmm. radio station but now because you're good then they're going to call you back that's another thing too yeah Right. So uh, it has been a great conversation because I'm, uh, as you know, I can see I'm really passionate about this topic of visibility. Publicity um, is something that I live and breathe every single day. I recommend it to our clients. Uh, It is, uh, if you you want to be known in your field, it is a a crucial part of your business that you can't neglect if you want to be known on a global scale. Uh, or even on a national scale or in your area like that's uh, or in, in your industry. Uh, now things have been so competitive as they are. Yeah. Um, uh, now, Esther, uh, before we wrap up the interview, a couple more questions. Uh, number one is we are now starting the session of calling Lifting the Veil. Where mm-hmm. We are going to share some of your behind the scenes secrets, some either tools or strategies or books that you use that Mm -hmm. uh, or that you've read that make your life or business better that are worth sharing Um, yeah what tools do you have for us well i have a couple that are free and they're really really helpful one is trello which is a productivity tool that lets you take notes and everything and basically move them through a sequential process that you design and there are similar tools like asana or uh, click up or any of these like 
any of this will work. I, I've just been using Trello. Uh, the way I design campaigns, particularly when I do it as a done for you service for clients is I put together a list of potential outlets to pitch. And then the next list is the initial inquiry sent, follow-up, interview booked, interview scheduled, thank you sent, et cetera, right? And so then you have these separate little cards. They're kind of like post-it notes, but digital, right? And you just put there the name of the show and move them through the sequence. And each show would be a separate card, a separate little post-it notes that you move through the sequence. That way you don't forget about anybody. And then you can put in all the information about their scheduling link, what kind of photos do they want, media kit, et cetera, so that you have the accurate information for everything. Don't have to try to reference it in your head. Another thing that's been very, very helpful for me, and you could do it in Trello, but for me, Google Calendars is the best thing ever. So I have multiple layers of Google Calendars where I can turn things on and off based on the type of appointment it is, right? So like I might have a, a separate calendar for interviews, one for financial things, one for uh, get to know you calls, like potential collaboration calls, that kind of thing. But then I do have one that basically I use as a task list, even though you're not supposed to put tasks on your calendar, but okay. it's a separate layer of calendars just for my follow-ups particularly with media. It's so important that you don't just send your pitch and then let it you know, <laughs> hopefully that it lands and they get back to you and they say yes immediately. Sometimes that happens, but for the most part, you have to be consistent with following up with people. And so what I do is I've created a separate Google calendar that I can turn on and off so it doesn't clutter when I don't need it. But for every day, once I send out a pitch or I send out an email to anybody where there will be follow-up required, I don't, I clear it out of my inbox or in my sent emails, right? I just archive everything so that it's not cluttered, but I do put it immediately onto my follow-up calendar. And so that way I just assume that they're not going to get back to me on time, you know, like as soon as I send a so Facebook you message, or, <laughs> or, you know, it, it might be a, a voicemail that I left where I don't even have a written track of, of it or anything, you know, where, where it's like, it would be very hard with everybody's preferences. Some people want to have, you know, um, they want you to reach out on Facebook, other ones, Instagram, other people want whatever else. If you can have just one central place and then say, okay, a week from now, I'm going to follow up with this person or three days from now, depending on what you're talking about, what your relationship is, the timeline may be different. But then that way, I just have those full day appointments for each person and it makes it super, super easy. Uh, I love it. Trello and Google Calendar are used as a task list. Never yeah, heard for follow-ups. <laughs> Never heard this before, but I can see because I'm a big believer in follow-ups. Uh, um, yeah on a sales level, um, but also in particular with media, you know, they yeah. receive hundreds, some, like not even hundreds, just some, some people receive thousands of emails every mm -hmm. single day, of yeah. pitches every single day. So it is more of a chance if they open and respond to your email straight away. <laughs> and mm -hmm. having that reminder, making sure that you are on top of things. And there's just as many pitches that you can remember uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, that's you so can remember everything. You means that you have not sent them enough. <laughs> Definitely, and and ideally, of course, you would want to build relationships with members of the media. But still, follow ups are very, very important. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. Now, Esther, if someone wants to reach out to you, uh, uh, or they say actually, either I would love to learn more about how to get featured in media, or I want you to help me out. Someone is already very established in their industry. They know their topic, they have good offers, but now they are ready for that expansion. 
Um, mm-hmm. What's the best way to reach out to you and what do you have for us? Yeah, you can connect with me through my website or email me. It's Esther, E-S-T-H-E-R, at estherkiss.com, E-S-T-H-E-R-K-I-S-S.com. Very easy to remember. Um, if you want to do a done-for-you campaign, definitely reach out. Otherwise, if you're thinking that this is something that you might want to implement for yourself, I have plenty of free content on my website as well. Or you can join our Facebook group. It's borntoinfluencecommunity.com. It will redirect you to the Facebook group, and you can connect with a lot of like-minded minded entrepreneurs, experts, and I have a lot of free trainings in there as well. Oh, that's awesome. So make sure that uh, you reach out to Esther either via email or on a personal website or borntoinfluence.com um, with all the links that are in the show notes, or if you're watching on YouTube, uh, you can find the, the links in the description and do it right now. Like right now, while we're talking, go check it out, connect with Esther. Uh, because uh, if you've found, if you've been listening so far, I assume that uh, you enjoy this content, that visibility and publicity is something important for you. So don't let the momentum slip, take action straight away, at least join the group and get in touch with Esther and uh, see how she can help you. Uh, To wrap up, Esther, uh, if we were to summarize this interview in, uh, in a few sentences, how would you summarize what we have been sharing today for our listeners? So three things that you need to keep in mind. One is, what are your goals with your publicity campaign? Whether it's networking, credibility building, leads and sales, you would design what type of media to go after based on that traditional media versus online media. Certainly, if you want clients, no matter what niche you are in, podcasts are, are definitely a good one to check. And then you might want to have additional type of media depending on where you're at. The second thing is having enough lead time, minimum three to four months for any book launch or anything like that, but ideally six to 12 months. Generally speaking, you would want to ideally have publicity as your ongoing efforts because there is always new topics to talk about. There is new things that you that are changing in your industry and, and you want to be, if, if you don't do it, you're falling behind compared to your competition, right? So you want to be seen as someone who is on the top of your field and, and having um platforms where you can share your knowledge will certainly help with that. And then the third one is to have a giveaway that is appropriate for the media format that you're going after, whether it's a webinar or a checklist or a cheat sheet, something like that. And in addition to that, seed your content throughout the interview. Uh, that's what a beautiful way to summarize all that has been shared throughout this interview. And thank you, Esther, for being with us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, if you're watching or listening, make sure you reach out to Esther. And uh, thank you for being with us. Thank you so much. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, what an interview. What an incredible interview. If you haven't subscribed to the show, make sure you subscribe straight away. And then if you haven't left a review, uh, then it is really important. It really helps the show. Uh, it's good for the guest because they know the impact that they're having. So if there is something from this interview that really stood out to you, Leave us a review and let us know what stood out in particular. What did you enjoy about the show? Uh, it's good for the show because uh, reviews help with the ranking and attracting incredible guests like we have today, Esther. And also, it's, they are good for my ego. Uh, I'm, I'm happy <laughs> if you leave me a review. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to do it for me, I'll take it. <laughs> thank you for the review. <laughs> Having said that, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time for a brand new episode of Explode Your Expert Business Show. And always remember that together we grow exponentially.
Thank you for listening to Explode Your Expert Business Show. If you enjoyed the interview, please subscribe to the show and leave us a review. Every week we will select a winner from the reviews that we get. So it might be you. Make sure you give us a review. It means the world to us and that's how we, you can help us grow the show. Also remember to download the Expert Business Checklist to get the roadmap on how to become an authority in your field. The link is in the show notes or you can visit gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. So it's gtex.events forward slash expert iPhone checklist. And as well, finally, if you want to receive daily support in your coaching and speaking business or explore how we can work together, join our private Facebook group, Explode Your Expert Biz. Again, you can find it on Facebook at Explode Your Expert Biz or the link is in the show notes. Thank you very much for listening and until next time, remember that together we grow exponentially.